my suggestion is and this is something very personal because i'm talking about what works for me one thing at a time of course if you take the cci enterprise infrastructure blueprint and look at it it's several pages that's overwhelming on itself take a topic at a time and play with it and then move forward hello and welcome to the cisco learning network podcast that's peter pollock CCIE Exam Program Manager at Cisco. We've had Peter on this podcast before to discuss the changes to the CCDE certification, but in this episode, Peter will be answering questions about the CCIE Enterprise Infrastructure Certification Exam. This is from an Ask Me Anything webinar session hosted on the Cisco Learning Network by Community Manager Carlo Bobilis. In this episode, Peter covers many aspects of the CCIE Enterprise Infrastructure Exam, such as what to expect when you take the exam, how to effectively prepare, tools that are available to help you study, and much more. But first, Peter takes a moment to introduce himself and provides a brief background on his role at Cisco. Thank you everybody for joining this Ask Me Anything session. To those who haven't met me yet, my name's Peter. I am the guy responsible for the torture that you will endure when you come for the CCI Enterprise Infrastructure Lab and sit for the exam. Before I became exam program manager, I worked for three years in Cisco Tech and HTTS teams. And even before that, I was a university teacher, so it was quite a career change. You can tell that I was a teacher by my talkative nature and my inability to stop speaking and going into all directions. So that's me. Would you mind just covering briefly some of the program updates that were made as it relates specifically to the CCIE enterprise infrastructure? So CCI Enterprise Infrastructure didn't exist at the beginning. It's a continuation of the CCI routing and switching track. If I can go a little into the backstage and talk about the history, it looked like there will be a single CCI Enterprise track that covered both wired and wireless parts. But then it was decided that the best way to go forward to evolve the routing and switching would be to keep the wireless part out of the CCI Enterprise, which was becoming the successor of routing and switching. And so we ended up with having the CCI Enterprise infrastructure and the continuation of the wireless, which is the CCI Enterprise wireless. Now I'm in the CCI Enterprise infrastructure part. If you check the content of the exam and the required topics to master, this exam simply builds on what the routing and switching was all about, but it quite naturally adopts the technologies that are now to be seen in enterprise campus networks, enterprise branches, and even in the WAN that is being used to interconnect those locations of a single enterprise into one connected network. And those are the SD-WAN technologies, SDA that slowly but steadily replaces the traditional switch design between access and distribution layer switches and even the routed access layer and and seems to be the, the way that the networking inside campuses will, will continue. But the fundamental knowledge is still the knowledge of routing and switching. And even if it comes bundled in more complex solutions like the SDA or SD-WAN, or if it comes with opened APIs so that some tasks can be automated at the core, it's still that routing and that switching that we all came to know and love. That's where the CC Enterprise infrastructure really comes from. 
And there's one more important change I should also highlight. As opposed to the routing and switching and the whole CCA portfolio of the past, where we used to call out what type of knowledge domain we would like you to master, configure, verify, troubleshoot, implement, optimize. We don't do this anymore in the new CCIE, and rather we are looking holistically at the whole life cycle, the network, starting from low-level design through operating, deploying, optimizing, and troubleshooting, going back to new design and so on. So aside from very few topics in the blueprints, in the contents of the exams, we don't ask for these specific keywords anymore since we want to touch on the whole life cycle of the network. All right, so let's go on to the questions. And again, if you have a question, please use a question and answer panel to submit your questions, and then we'll get those answered live. So next question I have here is, would you be able to offer any advice to folks who might feel a bit overwhelmed by their studies? My suggestion is, and this is something very personal because I'm talking about what works for me, one thing at a time. Of course, if you take the CCI Enterprise Infrastructure Blueprint and look at it, it's several pages. That's overwhelming on itself. Take a topic at a time and play with it and then move forward. If you are at the level of CCNP Enterprise, then mastered a solid foundation and many of the things that you know from the Encore exam, for example, they are going to be extremely helpful. I also have to say that what really, really helps is if you have that ability, play with the technology in the lab and try the possible and the impossible, like put the technology in the way it should be used and then try to play with it in a way it's not supposed to be used. This is not because we would do these types of tasks in the lab. That's not the goal. But if you really look at the solution or technology or protocol from various sides, and if you put it into unexpected scenario, you learn a lot about what the technology really does and how it works. Finally, third suggestion is as you go through those, especially those new technologies, the old ones like, say, classic routing, Everybody knows OSPF, everybody knows BGP. There are those new technologies, SDA, SD-WAN. Not only there are wonderful resources outside, uh, Cisco Live presentations, white papers, Cisco validity design documents. As you learn about the technology, you'll find out that it's built on something that you already know. None of those technologies is brand new. None of them is a breakthrough approach that has not been done here. Every one of them builds on tools and protocols and solutions that you already know. If you are able to see that, if you're able to draw those parallels, it helps a lot in understanding. So these would be my three most important suggestions on how to approach. Don't look at the whole thing at, the, at one time. Just take it slowly, one thing at a time, get there. Awesome. I have question here and I'm reading about the equipment list for the CCIE enterprise infrastructure. User states that it tells me exactly which version will be used, but they read somewhere that the exam versions can change, but the candidate will be tested on a feature set of the version listed on the equipment list. What does that exactly mean? I guess you're a bit confused. Let me tell you quite frankly what we're using now 
as far as the versions of the devices are concerned and let me also paste the link to the versions into the chat window right now. Peter also provides the attendees of this webinar with a link to the versions of individual software components. This link will be available in the description of this episode. So this is a public page that documents the versions of individual software components in our lab. We have CSR's 1KV at the version of 16.12. We have iOSV as the representatives of the old monolithic iOS-based routers. We have iOSV routers that are running 15.8. Virtual catalyst type switches are based on iOS version 15.2. SD-WAN solution is 18.4 and Cisco DNA Center is 1.3 for the time being. The physical equipment for the SDA part is Catalyst 9300. Oh, and actually I see that there is a typo here because the iOS 6E version we're using there is 16.6. .6. If we want to upgrade to a major new version, this has to be communicated in advance. So it's not like I can change, let's say, DNEC 1 to DNEC 2 and not tell the public. I understand that there is a huge difference in the way the GUI is organized and I cannot expect my candidates to know both GUIs. So, so far, running DNEC 1.3 and should that change to version 2 point something, we'll communicate it in advance of several months and then switch over. Essentially, the same goes for the iOS versions too. For example, I may go from 16.12.1 to 16.12.5 just inventing a scenario for the sake of discussion. I can go between these two versions if I believe that there is a reason. It's more difficult for me to go, let's say, from 16.6 to 16.12 because certain features may have been added, certain default behavior may have changed, certain command syntaxes may have changed too, so I can't just silently change it without telling the candidates. So, although it's easier, because most of the CLI syntax stay the same, it's still not quite fair to undercut my candidates this way. So also for the upgrades of the iOS XE and iOS versions, I may upgrade within the same track, so only within 16.6, only within 16.12, only within 15.8. But I won't upgrade to a fundamentally new version such as to iOS XE 17, without making this public in advance. So far, we are using these versions as shared. And should they change, we'll let you know with a couple of months advance. All right, moving on. I do see some questions about DNA Center and like Sandbox and or any free version to use to help with their studies. Would you be able to comment on that? The DNAC version, the DNAC, that has been a major pain for us as well for us candidates. I can tell this totally openly. There's a pro that hasn't been yet officially announced, but I've mentioned it a couple of times that it's supposed to be a way of providing our candidates with access to recs where they could practice certain scenarios, including the DNAC. And so far, this is what the internal efforts in Cisco are concentrating on. We should see some results truly soon, but I can't 
say more. But I believe that for the time being, this will be the easiest way to get your hands on true DNAC. So far, one three, since that's what we're also using in the labs. Real hardware switches, the Catalyst 9300s, that are used in the exam to practice on the SDA part, so DNAC plus the switches to deploy SDA. Several times I have mentioned in my previous webinars that we're also looking into lightweight DNAC version, perhaps DNAC as a virtual machine. This is still something that is brewing. I can't share any image so far that would be usable for this purpose, but I can say that this project, it's still an internal project, has gained an internal traction in Cisco. So hopefully it will come to a point where we could potentially offer, but this is still in the stars and the conditions are not clear, but there are works to come up with a lightweight DNAC version. I ask my candidate base to very kindly understand that it's more difficult for Cisco to create a product than just to strip off certain functionality and then come to the market or simply release it because we need to support you as well. So whatever we come with, it has to be a solution that is not working here and now, but a solution that we can also support for you for some time to come. And that makes all the efforts more complicated because whatever we come up with, it has to be sustainable. So I'm also seeing some questions about best way to lab and is CML sufficient? CML or Cisco Modeling Labs is an on-premise network simulation tool that runs on workstations and servers. This allows you to quickly and easily simulate Cisco and non-Cisco networks using real Cisco images. This gives you a highly reliable model for designing, testing, and troubleshooting. To learn more about Cisco Modeling Labs and how you can use them to prepare for your certification exam, please visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. CML is definitely sufficient for the legacy part and even the SD-WAN part. It would be also sufficient for the SDA if we had virtual Catalyst images. I can again say that they are in works, but we're looking into virtualizing those Catalysts too. So CML as a solution, talking about CML2, is perfect for all the part that involves the classical networking and the SD-WAN because it is possible to import the SD-WAN components, so CH, which is Cisco IOS XE based router, VHS, VManage, VSmart, and VBOMP into the mix and play with it. Whatever can be virtual, CML is okay with it. The only problem here is truly the SDA part. Hopefully the virtual Catalyst version also become production grade in the terms of training and education. It would help me too, obviously, because then my setups in my pods and my racks be easier to handle since then my lab would become fully virtual too. So far, I have to have a hybrid setup where I have Huge UCS server running the virtual part and bunch of hardware switches that have to be bridged onto the virtual machines. Awesome. So you would say it is still important to have a hardware lab alongside with the virtual lab. This is probably even a more general debate to what extent is a virtual environment faithful as a learning environment as compared to a lab based on true physical devices. As far as control plane is involved, 
control plane, management plane, or if you even want to be fancy and say orchestration plane, this all behaves exactly the same, both on real devices and virtual environment, because this is all implemented in the operating system and in the software. So there's nothing that could be possibly different between virtual devices and their real counterparts. So control plane protocols, management plane protocols, orchestration plane protocols, they are the same. When it comes to platform dependent behavior, and the QoS is one of the most outstanding ones, then the precise behavior of the QoS mechanisms depends on the hardware. And if you were truly deep into QoS behavior, for example, then you truly need to have that particular piece of hardware that you want to practice on. And true, you probably know well that different switch platforms, because they have dedicated circuitry, they have also dedicated, but quite limited QoS functionality and QoS features. And as you remember, the old 2960s used to have a totally different QoS config than Catalyst's 4500s, and they were different from 6500s, and they will be different from 93 and 9500s, and so on. So this is something that is very platform specific. As a closing remark to this question, Peter would like to note that in his track, he's trying to be as platform independent as possible because it's important to understand the principles and the knowledge that covers multiple platforms and multiple products. This can even potentially be applicable to different methods. All right, so here's, hi, Peter, for the exam, we have a network plan. Can we see, for example, the gigabit 1-1 in a diagram or just a connection between devices? And do we have to check it with CDP neighbors? I can say this, when you come and sit for the exam, the documentation that you will see through a web page that drives you through the whole exam and has all the tasks and all the resources, you will have a set of diagrams. There will be high-level diagram that show the whole topology and they don't have the detail because it would be just cluttered. There will be other diagrams, close-ups and zooms into individual sections of the topology and there the links will be labeled both IP addresses and the interface names. So there will definitely be diagrams that will show you the names of those interfaces and even IP addresses. We always had to balance the readability versus the detailedness, but we always tried to put in as much detail as is reasonable. So yes, there will be diagrams for each of the locations that the network contains that go even into details as the network names so that you will know what the interface names are. And just to add to that, there is a question in regards with automation and programmability. They know that there may be random questions such as show statistics or configs using netconf or restconf, but will the exam provide the URI for the same, e.g. the restconf with the user provide an actual URI? The big question is, how would you guess the URI or Yang module for the exam scenario if the URI is not provided? We will always give you resources there in which you can find the answer. Of course, we can't expect you to memorize the APIs and URIs or URLs, the names of those components and names of those elements. We're not expecting you to come this. It's not humanly possible, of course. You will have access to a limited set of documentation that nonetheless contains that information that you need to accomplish the task. 
So sometimes we may guide you to the URL URL right in the task formation. Sometimes it may be a part of navigating the documentation, but within that environment, the answer is there. You're not alone. It's going to be there. Awesome. Thank you for that. It looks as though uh, there's some questions about how long would you say it would take for someone to prepare for this exam? I know it's different for everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about your experiences? I'm not sure if this is applicable. If I look back at my learning, I did my CCNA, then within the next probably two to three years, I did my CCNP. It was CCNP routing and switching, but at the time, those certifications didn't have those designations like, you know, CCNA, routing and switching, CCNA voice, CCNA security. When he said CCNA, it was simply CCNA routing and switching. So around 2006, I believe, I was CCNP. Then because just a few extra exams, I could become what's called CCIP, Cisco Certified Internet Professional. That was the middle stage to the service provider track. So I became CCIP and that one very much helped because that CCIP was heavy on BGP and QoS and MPLS, which then coming back to the routing and switching track helped a lot. I think I was CCIP in 2007. Definitely did my CCIE written in 2008. Early 2009, I made CCI routing and switching lab. So looking back here, it took me about five years since my first certification. But I have to say, I didn't set out at the time when I did my CCNA, I didn't set out to be a CCI. At the time, it seemed entirely impossible for me to become one because those people were so, so much taller. But very different people have very different experience because many of them come with a lot of practical experiences from their work. If you have exposure to those technologies, you just need to systematize it. And of course, you need to prepare for it in some kind of an organized way. But if you work in the area, it helps a lot. If you happen to give trainings in that area, it helps immensely. Because if you need to explain the technology to somebody else, that exposes your weak areas like probably nothing else. I can't say probably anything more specific than it's a matter of, of years. But also, I'm not saying that it's a matter of, of years asceticism and going back to cave and not existing for anything else. CCI enterprise infrastructure is doable within a couple of years. As I said, experience, whether in training or in working in the area, helps a lot. So next question here is they want to thank you for releasing the lab host VM and they're already getting acquainted with the tools available, but are there any plans to change the VM? And if so, will Cisco announce this and where? There is no immediate plan to change the virtual machine. We'll be upgrading it. If we upgrade it, we'll post it. It's there to get an IP address and to make ping, trace routes, and use the web browser, which doesn't really require any specific preparation. So upgrading the virtual machine is not something I feel bound to announce in advance. But currently, since even the functionality that it's on the virtual machine is totally sufficient. I am not looking into immediately or in any short time frame upgrading the virtual machine because I believe it, it works just decently. 
However, if you feel that there is some functionality missing, some tool that you would like to see there, do let me know there on the page where the virtual machine can be downloaded. You can post your comments. So if you believe that you have something, good tool, good enhancement to the machine, by all means, share it. As I said to somebody who asked me in the past, try to sell me the idea. If you can convince me, I'll edit. All right. I see this question often. It's definitely something in regards to network automation. Would you be able to talk about the network automation part of the lab? Is it going to be required for candidates to manually program or Python scripting in the second module of the exam? In the second module, which is the deploy, operate, optimize. So yes. Even today, we have tasks where it's expected that the candidate can put together a simple Python script to do some automated operation on the router. However, if the script was any measure slightly more complex, then rather than expecting the candidate to write it from scratch, the general idea is to give the candidate the script partially written and having the candidate finalize it so that in the end the script does what's necessary. It's good to be prepared to have an ability to write simple scripts from scratch yourself. But if it's going to be more complicated, if it for example, and this is not a guarantee that all tasks of this style will look this way, but if you think about, for example, if you need to have a Python script that talks to DNAC API, there is a lot of administrative area that you need to do before you can pass those API calls. You need to log in, you need to get the session token, and then put it into extended headers with the additional requests that you make with the DNAC API. And those are tasks that can get tedious. Those tasks, I would not ask you to do them. Those, there would be already a part of the script prepared. If it's something like locally calling on iOS XE router inside a guest shell, calling some, let's say, show command from inside the Python script and parsing out some parts, or maybe automating some repetitive task on the router, but once again, locally using the CLI module, there is a chance that I will ask you to do this from scratch because the functionality there will be rather simple and local steps are probably quite simple. But in general, expect both types of tasks, though try to be nice to you. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right, this question is, in the past, I heard that on lab exam, you have two displays where the first was pinned tasks and the second you have a putty window. How does it look now? Maybe one of the most important skills will be Windows management. <laughs> Should you comment on that? We still have two screens. Yes. And what you put on those two screens is entirely up to you. The whole environment comes as multiple tabs. One screen contains the diagrams and perhaps the task description themselves. And the other window contains the browser window with the web telnets of the consoles and the VNC sessions to the host machines to operate. And that's probably makes it the most useful setup. All right. So next question I have here, will we have questions related to best design solution? And what would you recommend for someone? Would they be best to start CCIE, the enterprise infrastructure or go for the CCDE? 
CCI and CCDE, they may seem similar to a point because there is the design aspect to both of them. The CCDE, however, is much more about designing the whole universe. It's not just about a single enterprise, but rather it's about designing the DC or even several DCs and a service provider and an enterprise campus and branches and answering high-level design questions. That's the CCDE. It's not that much about features or the, the deep features and I don't want to use the word nerd knobs because that's not what I am asking for, but still there will be these nuts and bolts of technicalities of the technology in the CCIE you will not see in CCDE because CCD is more about translation of business requirements into design solutions. CCIE, while it does have this design aspect, the design that we're focusing on is much more level. As an example, where would you believe would be the best to put the ABRs? What kind of area should those non-backbones areas be? Should they be regular ones? Should they be totally stubby, just stubby, even something else? We could be asking you if it made sense to run RSTP here or MSTP. We could be asking if, for example, this task would be better done with Python scripting within guest shell and if you wanted to run that script based on some event, whether it would be better to call it as a command from EEM or if you should write the script itself as an EEM policy. You see, the design questions that would come in CCIE, they are much more about, how, okay, I have this technology here in this scope of network. How do I make it the best way for me or how do I optimize it? But looking really at, at the nuts and bolts. CCD is not about this one because it's far too detailed. That's not really important at the CCDE. I've been sometimes asked if I didn't want to go for CCDE myself. I said to those people, you know, I am the guy who takes things apart rather than put them together. CCIEs, those folks like to take things apart down into very small details of OSP, VRGP, STP, you name it. CCD people, they put things together. They create wonderful, complex, all-encompassing solutions. If you feel like this person who likes to put things together, if you like to create solutions encompassing different types of network that include both the enterprise and security aspect, within service provider, collaboration, almost everything, you're probably at CCDs. If you find your heart beating faster because you're looking at the, I don't know, DNA bit, do not age in OSPF LSAs, you're probably a CCI and whether there will be best practices that's a different thing because even the best practice that's not something that's that's a, which is a universal truth examining you on best practices would be unfair because those practices even though they apply to majority of customers they don't necessarily apply to everybody and they are not of the same binding value as let's say a protocol specification is so rather than worrying about if this is a best practice or not, simply follow common sense because that's what we follow in those tasks. All 
right. This question is regarding the lab environment, or in, in this case, a testing environment. Can we change the keyboard layout to, instead of the query, uh, it's A-Z-R-T-Y-Z-R-E for the entire uh, lab? Not currently. If you happen to go for the BYOD version of the lab, since you're bringing your own laptop, there you can have any layout you want. But for the consistency purposes in the brick and mortar labs, including the mobile labs, we so far keep the US keyboard since it is simply the most accepted one. But so far inside the brick and mortar labs, including mobile labs, the US keyboard stays. And you mentioned the BYOD. Would you be able to talk a little bit about that CCIE BYOD project? The CCIE BYOD, or Bring Your Own Device for Lab Exams program, allows candidates to bring their own devices to take the exam. This includes a laptop, keyboard, mouse, and an optional external monitor. To securely deliver the exam, Cisco will provide you a bootable USB with a secure operating system on the day of the exam. For more information about the BYOD program, please visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. The idea is to simply improve the availability and reachability, accessibility to the labs for as wide audience as we can possibly invite and have come to our labs. And the idea essentially is that the candidate will bring their own laptop and their own screen. And when they come and sit for the lab in the location that's dedicated or designated for it, maybe a local Cisco office, for example, they will run a Linux distribution that started off from a USB key, which will set up and the candidates will be able to access the testing environment and operate the racks from within that environment. Okay, thank you. Let's go back to questions about training. There's a lot of questions in regards to if Cisco will offer, like I think in the past, 360 labs. Is that something in the works? The Cisco 360 learning program was for CCIE routing and switching. This program helped to develop expert level routing and switching networking skills needed to achieve the CCIE routing and switching certification by combining live instruction, self-paced training modules, hands-on lab practice, and peer interaction to develop routing and switching network experts. Would you be able to comment on that, Peter? So far, the Cisco 360 analog is not in the works, but the, what I call the practice labs, they are, and they should be coming relatively soon. And it's important to say that if they take off well, which also the community can help with, because as I mentioned, it's going to be open environment. You can try any assignment, any task. Together, we may get to a point where the Cisco 360 would be viable too. Gotcha. Thank you very much for that. Do you happen to have any links to documentation or access to white papers or just configuration guides and command reference sheets available? Mostly config guides, command references, not white papers and not data sheets because these essentially don't bring any additional value as far as the lab is concerned. There may be documentation for third-party products such as Python libraries to do restconf, which will be available as an offline copy. But in general, the accessible documentation is limited and is limited to what is necessary to complete the lab and give the candidates, let's say, a safe fallback net 
to fall back to if they don't remember the exact command or if they're not certain what's the default or what the specific keyword does. So that that is there. But as it always used to be, it's it's rather limited. What I could also recommend is if you guys check out the certifications page on the Cisco Learning Network. There's that reference sheet under the resources tab where it talks about equipment software lists, learning matrix, and, and, and the exam itself in there. So some useful resources there. All right, moving on to the next question. Will the host computers in the lab have both CLI and GUI for issuing commands? Oh, yes, they boot in graphical user interface, but you can always start a terminal there is a terminal window prepared on the desktop. And from there, the host computers, you can issue Linux commands if necessary. That is good to know. And then I think you mentioned this earlier about having multiple monitors. It's two, correct? Would you be able to talk about what to expect when they get to the exam in terms of what it's going to look like? Well, when you come to the exam, your computer that you sit at connects to a VDI environment. So you're not really operating the operating system right there on the computer, rather it connects via VDI to a preset environment. You will see a desktop with two browsers. One of the browsers has hyperlinks prepared for that documentation that is available to you in that track of the exam. The second browser, once started, will load the page of the system we call the lab delivery system or LDS in short and then you go through the individual modules of the exam the design module an absolute majority of the time you will spend in these two browsers because one of them leads you to the documentation and the other one brings you the actual exam content and access to the devices we're not using potty anymore or sick Secure CRT or any other standalone Telnet or Secure Shell client because the access to the consoles is done as a web Telnet and web VNC application inside browser windows. That was CCIE Enterprise Infrastructure Exam Program Manager Peter Pollock and Community Manager Carlo Bobilis. If you'd like to learn more about the CCIE Enterprise Infrastructure Certification Exam, please visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com to find training videos, study groups, and an entire community that can support you on your certification journey. Please subscribe to the Cisco Learning Network podcast to hear more from other experts who literally wrote the exam for certifications you might be preparing for, and to hear stories and news from the Cisco certification world. Thanks for listening. <laughs>